Hello, racing fans. Welcome back to the HOS F1 podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Huff, joined as always by my co-host, RJ McCullough. We've got an action-packed F1 weekend for you. Austria GP, my personal favorite track, I would say. I would say it's probably my all-time favorite. RJ, let's just go ahead and real quick start off. What do you think about the Austrian GP? Like just as a whole, the track itself, I know it's the Red Bull ring and I mean, clearly by your shirt, it's probably not going to be your favorite, but like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's named the Red Bull ring doesn't exactly do it any favors in my brain. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty simple track. I like it. Like it's, uh, one of the easier ones to, to navigate your way around. Um, but yeah, it seems seems like Red Bull always wins. They have that big, literal Red Bull statue at the track. So they do. There's also been some. Uh, I guess it's close to the Netherlands, so there's been some racism there directed towards Lewis. So in that in that uh, sense, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna throw the guilt trip on you now. So in that sense, maybe not my favorite, but all in all, like uh, I do no. tend to favor the European races. Just it feels more F1, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. So. Yeah, all in all, I'd say it's not at the top, not at the bottom. It's just sort of, sort of seems like a, it's like a ramp up to the, to like Spa and all the real, good European tracks. So yeah, overall, I would say that I like it. Is that a sufficient answer for you? I think so. Yeah, it's interesting that you say, uh, and we'll, we'll sort of quickly recap last year's GP, but. Uh, a non Red Bull driver won last year, which uh, I did not remember that off the top of my head. But uh, as soon as the recap started, everything started rolling back of how insane last last year's race was. So hopefully we get uh, something nearly as substantial. But I jumped way out ahead of you, so <laughs> let's get let's get back to the beginning. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing excited pretty excited for this episode. Uh, yeah, very excited. I had. Uh... My brother and I do a golf tournament every year, so I had that on the weekend. Uh, I went to a Jays game the other day, and then maybe most importantly, Bogey got her stitches out and everything, so she's uh, she's doing good. I'll send you over some pictures later. Um, yes, so, yeah, please do. Bogey's uh, on the road to recovery, so that's always good. I also had some time yes. to think about your punishment, because I got dealer's choice. And you do get a veto if you don't want to do this, but I was thinking it would be quite humorous if <clears throat> at the start of next week's episode... You were to give us a nice rendition of I'm a Little Teapot with all the little movements. Oh. You know, you can just spend some time learning that and you can just give us that on the on the podcast. I think that'd be... Okay. Be Interesting. Yeah. I would have never in my <laughs> life predicted that that was what you were going to choose. Oh. I was fully expecting you to say, as soon as the episode starts, we're shaving oh. the stash. No, I'll <laughs> save that one for... Uh, for if Ooh. that comes up in the wheel. Okay. Shit, I won't veto that. I mean, I feel like there's probably much, much worse like shit that you can come up with. And Max being on your team, I've got to I gotta really hold on to that as long as I can, I think. Yeah, it's been, what, four races in a row that he's won? Yeah, so, yeah. Probably be five after this weekend, I think. You mentioned oh, last, I, last yeah. year. I think this is the last time Ferrari won a race was last year here. Could be wrong. I Or no, I, I guess. I believe did, so. Oh no, signs, signs win Silverstone. I think. Yeah, so maybe it was Charles's last yeah. one was here, uh, but yeah, it seems like forever ago. Mm-hmm. It does. But uh, yeah, I guess we can kind of, unless you have any life stuff you want to talk to, we can kind of get into Max's partner. 
no, let's yeah, let's absolutely jump into that. I don't think anything that has been going on with me is as fascinating as what came out this morning. I know we already know. I'm sure everybody else already knows, but uh, we're not exactly sure of how severe the illness is. But Checo is fully missing the full Thursday media pre practice track day um this is sort of the day where you get all these iconic moments of the drivers you get either you know the two pairings or sometimes they'll have uh you know four of the drivers uh sat up there uh or i guess they also do the post race uh stuff but there's always the media day on thursday and I mean, I believe it's part of the... Con- I know, you know, Lando Norris has also missed this day, uh, this season, and, you know, drivers miss it. it all You know, every season this happens. But it's just so uh, interesting to me that this is happening right at this weekend, I think, in probably one of the most important, pivotal moments in his racing career, potentially, besides Abu Dhabi, I would say. Yeah, so... I guess by that I can infer that you think there's maybe a little more going on here than just him actually being sick or I don't I don't know if there's I, I mean I think it could be potentially caused by the stress but I just I feel like you know what we talked about last week is like the pressure and how almost mandatory it is that he does well this weekend so the fact that he's ill I just don't think is it's it's already starting off bad for him now you know, there is that potential with the conspiracy stuff. You know, I'm all about that. I think that would be, I think that would be, <laughs> I mean, the, you never know with especially Red Bull, but I, I think if this even has a chance of him missing any practice at all, I mean, it's like, it's, it's going to have massive repercussions potentially. Yeah. They really only get like one practice and then they're right in quality. So, um, yep, with a sprint. <laughs> I mean, they said Rebel saying all the right things, just that it's a bit of a precaution, maybe, and that he should be good to go for for tomorrow. But I mean, I don't know sure. who the reserve driver is that's there. I mean, I know they all have reserve drivers, but whether or not they're actually at the track that weekend, um, mm-hmm. is there an F two race this weekend? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting if he can't go tomorrow to see what they do. Uh, yeah, just kind of a bad string of weeks for Checo. Like, just kind of keeps getting worse, and a lot of it is self-inflicted. Um, like, a lot of it is mm-hmm. himself. Now, obviously, if you're sick, you're sick. There's nothing, like, that you can... That happens to everyone, oh, right? yeah, Especially absolutely. with their schedules and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just interesting. To, uh, just can't really imagine things getting worse for him. And then if he has another bad weekend like if he doesn't put up good points this weekend like second place points this weekend uh the narrative is just going to continue and the pressure is just going to mount even more for him so we'll see how that goes we will and a little flashback to last year he had a pretty i say pretty he had an absolutely horrible race uh last season uh if you remember i believe it was on lap i don't know the exact lap but early in the race he was taken out and hit into the gravel whose fault it was. You know, I guess that's up for debate, but Carlos actually knocked him into the gravel, which caused him to eventually DNF. So, I mean, I, Carlos also <laughs> may have gotten karma for that later in the race. Cause his car fucking exploded. But I, I just, 
I'm I'm so so interested. Sergio, I'm, my eyes are going to be fully on him. Like I just want to watch all every. I honestly I should subscribe to Sky F1 so I can press my red button <laughs> and watch Sergio's onboard all weekend. But <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 very excited. So like you said, we'll we'll see what happens to poor Checo. I think we all have that phrase, just like anyone that watches F1, just like burned into your brain. For Sky Sports yep. customers. Press the red button if you'd like to go back and watch the race in the beginning or to see the biggest <laughs> moments from the race. It's like, all right. I guess everyone just picks up the Sky Sports feed. But, um, they do. Yeah, no, it's going to be definitely one of the more interesting storylines to watch this weekend. Um, a couple more that we'll t- touch on. Obviously, there's the Lewis and Alonzo fight for second or third. Um, but, yeah, a lot of things. Yes. Uh, I want to quickly talk money and maybe a little more celebrity influence getting into F1. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Canadian Ryan Reynolds, he bought a soccer team with Rob McElhaney a couple years ago. They have a TV show, I think it's on Apple TV, called Welcome to Wrexham. And the team is mm-hmm. going up the ladder. It's a really good show, actually. Kind of like a real-life Ted Lasso. Uh, he was rumored to be buying the, well, he tried to buy the Ottawa Senators NHL team. Uh, he didn't get that. But now he has secured a, or sorry, Alpine Racing has secured a $200 million cash deal from a group of investors, including Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney, and Michael B. Jordan. So he's joining the group. I wonder how those guys came together. Maybe Ryan Reynolds and Michael B. Jordan have done a movie together. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, they've acquired a 24% stake in the team. So that's uh, it's pretty interesting. My article here is not loading. There's something there. But I've got the, I've got the, the, the link pulled up yeah. if you want me to read it. There was just something at the bottom that was interesting, but uh, it's not loading now. So while that loads, yeah, you, if you want to read it, you can. Um, yeah, so Alpine's value as of now, I guess this is fully updated. They are the sixth most valuable F1 team. Uh, they're valued at uh, $1 billion, or sorry, $1.08 billion. I think that's... American like uh, yeah. dollars I guess I don't think that's in pounds but their operating profit is 35 million dollars last year which you know doesn't seem that high but it's the same as Red Bulls which is kind of crazy to me yeah it's crazy but I'm extremely kind of uh, hesitant just because of the celebrity stuff but from what uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney have posted, and they're always at the Wrexham games or what? I, I, I don't yeah. know anything about soccer, so I don't know their team, but they're always at the games posting about it. So if they're posting about F1 and they're always at the Alpine races, I'm super on board for that. And if this also means potential shakeups at Alpine, also cool with that. Um, I, I, th- I think Otmar is just mid. I don't think he's anything exceptional, but I don't know if he's necessarily the cause of all the troubles at Alpine. I think that falls under the the CEO of Alpine, uh, Rossi, yeah, Lord I, Rossi, I believe. Yeah, he um, yeah, he just makes a lot of really poor decisions, and after making that statement recently about um, how their 100 race plan is going to be extended yes. to 120 now probably, that is just so, so funny to me. Okay, so that's what I wanted to talk on, was the 
Alpine CEO, I just pulled up again. Alpine CEO Laurent Rossi's 100 race plan to turn Alpine into title contenders. Like, that seems like something that someone says just to buy themselves time. Like, that's minimum four years. Like, yep. You're just buying your, like, wild. you might as well just say, like, we're gunning for the next regulations because that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. So, yeah, that's sort of weird. But that brings me to another thing that uh, kind of ties into that. Uh, this guy on Twitter, Vincenzo Landino. Uh, he has a lot of followers. He posted, with the new investment into Alpine F1 team this week, here's a look at how other F1 teams stack up in valuation. I don't know if this is surprising. I, I guess I was a little surprised that Ferrari is quite a bit above the rest in terms of value. They're sure. $3.13 billion value. Uh, but their last year, their operating profit was only, f- I say only, it was $50 million, which is, I guess, still the second highest. Um, in terms of operating profit, Mercedes second most valuable, two point seven billion. They had a hundred and fourteen million dollar operating profit last year. I don't really understand how that works because they had their worst year in a long time. Whereas Red Bull only made four million dollars last year. Uh, they had their best. I year, wonder, but I guess the I wonder if they're after. counting profits from the vehicles they sell. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting because if it's just a company, then like I don't know. Like, sure. That's not really like relevant, you know. Like, I would assume it's from F one, but I have no idea. But anyways, yeah, the top three: Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, pretty obvious. And then uh, McLaren fourth, one point five billion. Aston Martin and Alpine, the other two that are worth a billion. So, uh, Lawrence Stroll's investment paying off pretty well. Um, something he said this week that he should be knighted for because all the money and all that that he's put into the team. Uh, the least worthy or valuable team is Haas at $710 million. Um, but yeah, if you look at... See, this is where I think at it must be profitable. F1 because Aston Martin had an operating loss of $55 million last year. So it must be F1 because so, I'm sure yeah. the company itself didn't lose that. Um, and Williams lost $12 million last year as well. So I guess they if did. you just look at like Williams, they got... Uh, I forget his name, but the guy that was on Mercedes as their their head guy and they they are putting in a ton of investment Jam- uh, james no not james voles it's a di- the other guy james voles is their new team principal but yeah i think the the interesting so thing to me is right? yeah williams aston martin and mclaren all had a loss last year because, which for yeah. aston martin that makes sense but yeah i think uh, for all of them they're investing a lot in their like facilities and stuff so yep i guess but yeah it's interesting the mercedes uh, still they're kind of like the Yankees. They still make money regardless. So, interesting. I saw my belly there. What's that? <laughs> not that I just... I stood up. I thought my stomach uh, got exposed. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nope, not this time. Not this time. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I guess on the topic of that, while we're, while we're talking about talking about money, the end brands and stuff, Alpha Tauri, Helmet Marco announced that they are... Rebranding uh, as of next year, they're not going to be called AlphaTauri anymore, and also that it's going to be more of they're going to stop making their own cars and they're just going to kind of take the Rebel car because they are sort of a junior team to Rebel. Like they were doing it, I guess, for um, innovation. If they have two two uh, teams working better than one, but it, they aren't keeping up at all with Rebel. So I guess they're figuring the Rebel car is so much better. Why don't we just have a Rebel Junior car and then see who the like I said to you in our text message, I think it's just going to be like a max teammate feeder system. See who's worthy. So, yeah, as a Rebel fan, what do you think of this uh, Alpha Tauri rebrand? 
I, I mean, I feel like they should have been already doing this, to be honest. And I kind of they used to do thought right? they. I thought, yeah, I think with uh, Toro Rosso, I think that was the case. But since Red Bull's like recent crazy overhaul of just massive success that they've had with their car development, I'm shocked that they haven't taken what they've learned and applied it to the other team that they own. That's just really bonkers to me. Yeah. That being said, I'm glad that they're finally doing it. I hope that the team name c- continues to reflect like the Red Bull name because I really liked the Toro Rosso name. I still like that name. If they went back to that, I think that would be really cool. I don't think they're going to, but I, 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 I mean, I want Yuki to have a better car, you know? I want... Yeah. Whoever replaces Nick DeVries, probably Daniel, hopefully. To I mean, to have if if Alpha Tauri starts or whatever they become, taking some of the knowledge and uh, development parts from Red Bull, then that car is going to be way more competitive. So, putting Danny back in that and putting Yuki in that, I think, could be such such a amazing combination. So much so that they could be ahead of. McLaren and Alpine potentially and maybe even fight for podiums you know I mean Red Bull's so strong right now that I I definitely think that like it's a smart decision like if anything it came too late than it should have but I'm glad they're doing it yeah yeah I agree it's gonna be like I think uh if they do get rid of Perez maybe if someone slides up like Yuki slides up to take that role or someone else goes in there um, just regardless, it'll be a better proving grounds for guys to to show what they're doing. Because I mean, a few years ago, oh, yeah. even uh, when Gasly was with them, he won a race in Italy and he had a couple of podiums. So they were there was that one year there where they were quite competitive. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they've just kind of fallen off. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then if we're talking about other teams, I hope I'm not skipping over anything here. But yeah, if we're talking about other teams, there's now four teams at a bid for 2026. Uh, to get on the grid, I think they're gonna increase the grid by then, at least by one or two teams. So we'll probably have 22 drivers, which it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, the four teams so far. I'm gonna just read them, and you tell me which you would like to join most. <clears throat> and now we've already confirmed that Audi's gonna be in, but that's replacing what Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Okay. Yep. So that's not a new necessarily. Uh, Say so Andretti Autosport. Obviously, we know about that. Panthera Team Asia, Formula Equal, which aims to have a 50-50 split between genders all the way through the team, and High Tech Pulse Eight. They've been in High F2. Tech Pulse. They've been in F two since 2020. Yeah. So, of those four, which would you like the most? I mean, I feel like the I mean the Asia I feel like the Asian uh motorsport what what was the the there's Andretti, the, the Asian one, team equal. Yep. And then the last one. Honestly, I the tech. first two to me sound like the only actual like possibilities. Yeah. The as I I think the fifty fifty split is like a really, really cool concept, but it seems like something that never gets past the boardroom. Yeah. Um, it's professional although, sports. Yeah, exactly. You got to, like, the second they start taking a loss and not being profitable, you know, they're they're going to rebrand and do whatever. But not to say that I don't want a female driver in F1 100%. by any means. But 
Um, uh, definitely Andretti. I, I definitely, I mean, I feel like they deserve it. You know, they've been, he's been wanting it for so long. And I feel like if that gets taken away, I mean, you know, as long as they go through the process, spend the amount of money that's necessary and have the facilities, I'm going to definitely say Andretti, but I'm also going to say what if like, for instance, the second option where any of these are better equipped, have more money, better facilities. I feel like whichever team is like more ready to become an F1 team and to really jump into it is the one that I would be okay with. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, they F1 said this, or I guess Liberty Media, who owns F1, said this week that they basically scoff at the idea of selling for $20 billion. Like, they would want way more than that. So they've also said that they're upping, I think originally it was like $500 million they wanted teams to pay, and now it's like $2 billion or something. So, I mean, it's quite the valuable proposition and quite the... It is. But, I mean, if it's anything like NFL teams used to sell for a couple hundred million, and now they're selling for billions and billions so same with NBA teams so it does seem to be like a you, the return on the investment is there despite it being pretty heavy bid um, oh yeah but yeah that'll be something to watch for in a few years I feel like we're going to find out wow. relatively soon so yeah but before then we you mentioned it a little bit that Nick DeVries I mean we were talking a lot last week we talked more about Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez being on the hot seat the most realistic hot seat is Nick DeVries and I think uh, Helmet, sorry, Helmet Marco, which I don't know why this guy keeps talking. It's crazy that twenty billion dollar business has so much. <clears throat> so much of it is dictated by this old old man. Yeah. But uh, he was on a podcast and he said that sometimes him and Christian Horner don't agree on drivers or things, which I mean that happens in every business. Uh, but the person asked like, when was the last time this happened? And he said that Horner didn't want Nick DeVries and <clears throat> excuse me to go in the AlphaTauri seat. Obviously, it's not necessarily Red Bull, but it is their junior team. So he didn't want him. He wanted Mick Schumacher, apparently, which is pretty cool. I like That's the first good thing I've heard out of uh, Christian Horner's mouth in a long time, unless I misunderstood the quote. But uh, there was just too much red tape to go around or too many whatever. So they went with Nick DeVries, and then Hammond Marco even said, or I don't know if it was the writer that put this in, that uh, looking like Chris, at this point it's looking like Christian was right. So if, Chris, if they are making the team into a pretty much a junior Rebel team and they don't want Nick DeVries, then that either opens it up to be Danny Ricardo or one of the young guys. Lawson. Yeah, Yumi Wasa. I mean, I'm so sorry if I've completely mm-hmm. butchered that name. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff going on with Red Bull aside from just their insurmountable lead. For sure. I'll tell you, I you can even go back and listen. I was one of the DeVries hype train people. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> when he got those points in Monza, I probably even texted you, put him in an F1 car now. Yeah. <laughs> Get him in a seat. But yikes. I, I will say, you know, he kind of uh, lost me a little bit. I did not like his attitude or his demeanor in Drive to Survive. And honestly, I cannot wait. To, I try to hold myself off from rewatching Drive to Survive as much as possible because I've literally watched that show so many times. But I'm I'm ready to go back and watch season five just for his, just for his fucking like bitchy attitude. Like, look, he is. <laughs> I mean, they're both rookies, but Devries and Sargent are the only two guys without points, 
And I mean, the AlphaTauri I would say is definitely a better car than the Williams. So I'm not gonna. I'm, I I think it's more of a slight on DeVries. But um, if you look, where is Yuki? Yuki only has two points. You know, if you're looking at the contrary. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I am also sometimes I do say to myself like maybe I'm being a little tough on him. You know, he's a rookie. But I, I don't see him sticking around uh, next season. All that uh, to say, even if you had gone back to the start of this season or before we knew who was um, replacing Pierre, I would have told you that I would have wanted Mick Schumacher in that seat more than Nick DeVries, even, even when I was on the hype train. But I'm sure there were like a ton of Mercedes hurdles that they would have had to jump over so it's understandable that it didn't work out but I will say I continue to side with Christian when it's between Helmet and Christian you know I, 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 I'm always going to be Team Horner yeah. I, I feel like there's a re- I feel like he as as much of a fucking prick as he can be you know he's the man behind the machine and Helmet to me doesn't exude that energy as much as Christian does in any way yeah, yeah. I feel like <clears throat> Christian and Max like are Red Bull. I feel like they because oh, yeah. encompass that more. So, yeah, that's I would agree with that. Um, yeah, you mentioned <clears throat> you mentioned Drive to Survive. That reminds me, like how much the the Netflix people must be happy to have Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney and Michael B. Jordan. Like I'm sure they'll make some sort of appearance. And also they're going to be filming that that movie now, starting in Silverstone. So, yeah, there's going to be lots of. Uh, they want to make a whole episode about like the Hollywoodization of F1. They can do that next year. They definitely could. But yeah, I think uh, you ready to talk Austrian GP? Yes, GP? let's do it. All right. So I'm just gonna pull up. Yeah, this you here. you want to run through, yeah. or do you want to talk about last season before we talk about this season or last yeah. year? I mean, I'll give a quick like uh, main talk, main points of the track and race and all that, and then yeah, you can do it. You can give a recap of last year. All right. So Austria. Austrian JP or the Red Bull <laughs> Ring. So the first Grand Prix here, nineteen sixty four, the track length, four point three one eight kilometers. Sorry for you Americans. I don't know the miles. The lap record, one minute five seconds. Carlos signs McLaren twenty twenty. That's interesting. Most pole positions, LM Prost and Max Verstappen with three each. Most wins, Nikki Lauda, Rene Arno, Nelson Piquet, and Valtteri Bottas with three. Uh, and Austria's Rebel Ring has the fewest corners on the F1 calendar, with just 10 turns making up the layout. The pole run to turn one breaking point, 230 meters. Overtakes completed last year, 135. The safety car probability from the last 10 races, 50%. Virtual safety car probability, 20%. And the pit stop time loss is just 20.4 seconds. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty quick nip around the track. Uh, yeah, you want to tell us what happened last year? Sure. Did I, I might have missed it. Did you say how many laps per race? I did not. That is not on here. But it'll be on this other thing that I have here. One second. Lip. It's a lot. I think it's one of the highest of the yeah. season, if I'm not mistaken. Monaco's definitely the most, but this is definitely... It's got to be up there. I think it's 79, maybe. 71. Like 71. Way off. No, not well. Not, not bad. <laughs> I got the first number right. Yeah, there but you go. yeah, last season 
I'll tell you, it's it's it is depressing because if our memories are correct and it was Leclerc's last win, it's so so depressing just because he the this like the just the sheer relief you can hear when he gets the win and just like how happy he is. It's it's an unfamiliar tune, you know, because we haven't seen it in so long and it just sucks so so much. But yeah, we've are, I've kind of gone over a couple of the. Uh, main points like Sergio DNF'd we got surprising Ferrari domination up until towards the end of the race you had Ferrari running 1-2 the majority of the race up until probably about lap 54 something like that I believe that was when Carlos obviously had the big gas spill where you could just see the smoke coming out of the back of the car and then it caught fire one of the coolest pictures from that season one of the coolest f1 pictures when he's like looking back at his ferrari on fire so badass uh surprisingly good midfield battles there was that moment one of the coolest midfield moments where you had lando kevin magnuson joe guan yu and one of the williams i'm not 100 percent sure i believe it was albon but you had all four of them going down that first bend after turn one and fighting and it's it's one of the cool like definitely recommend everybody go back and watch the recap because it's awesome uh magnuson the haas it's, i feel like that's one of the last times the haas was like speedy in a race because they both uh ended up pretty well the red bull too is, it, it's very strange it's a, not a very tough weekend for red bull at their home race uh which like you said is a lot of uh non-red bull drivers have a lot of records here but it it's just crazy to me, you know, you had Checo DNFing and then Max getting overtaken two times by Leclerc and the, the Red, or Red Bull just had no answer to the speed that the Ferrari was showing. And it's, it's, it's just wild to me, like not only how quickly that season just flipped over the next five or six races after that, but how we just have gotten nothing like that since i i mean it i would say that was one of my favorite races of last season too just because it was just non-stop so i'm i'm trying to remember if there's anything else that i missed but yeah phenomenal phenomenal track i cannot wait for this weekend i think if i could pick one f1 track to just be able to like bucket list that's not, you know, in America, because those are the most easily, <laughs> those are the ones I'm going to probably go to first, just because it's, you know, easy, or Canada, or Mexico, but Austria would be it, just to, if I was there, I would have, like, an out-of-body experience, I just love that track so, so much, uh, was there anything else that you remember from last season that stuck out to you, or anything that you're excited for this weekend? Uh, I mean, there was a sprint last year, I believe, there's one this year, I think Max won the sprint there last year. He did. And that set the grid, so I guess it's, you said Charles overtook him twice. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the main thing I remember really was the signs, like his car blowing up the side of the road, and it was just, that was at the point where it was becoming like a running joke almost that every every race Ferrari would find a way to, at least Dude. one of their cars, something would happen. So that's the main thing yep. I remember from last year. Um, but yeah, we have another sprint. And I said only one practice session. So it's Friday morning, Eastern time, 7.30 practice, and then 11 a.m. race quality. And then Saturday morning at 6 a.m., the sprint shootout. So it'll be interesting to see that again. And the sprint is at 10.30 Saturday morning, and the race 9 a.m. Sunday morning. So 
pretty typical uh, European times. The only thing that's really early for us is the sprint shootout on Saturday morning. But uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, not really the end of the world if you miss it, anyways. Sure, but yeah. I was f- confused for a second because I'm I'm like they've changed it so many times. I'm like, wait, what is the, so? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Friday Friday quality sets the grid for Sunday. Then the sprint shootout Saturday morning sets the grid for the sprint Saturday. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they'll keep tweaking that as they go. Um, but the weather forecast just might throw a wrench in things. So last episode we discussed. I guess I'll take the blame for this one. But the weather in Montreal, or I guess last, yeah, the weather for the Montreal race, so two episodes ago, was it was clear skies. It was going to be nice all weekend. Well, that obviously changed because it was rainy all weekend, um, except for Sunday. But this weekend, uh, according to the F1 website, uh, conditions for FP1 qualifying on Friday, 60% chance of rain. Expect to be sunny in the morning, both increased chance of rain hitting the track in the afternoon. So not the best. Saturday for the sprint shootout and the sprint. 80% chance of rain. High chance of showers in the afternoon with possible thunderstorms. Not great. And then Sunday for the race, partly cloudy in the morning with a slight 20% chance of rain. So it looks like the race Sunday will be okay. Um, But Hmm. I wonder what will happen if the sprint shootout or the sprint kind of gets rained out. If they'll move that. I don't know what will happen. They'll probably just cancel it. But... uh, but yeah, if it comes like in the middle, it's always interesting when the rain starts coming in the middle of a session because then they have to stay out basically and they have to adjust to it. So it kind of kills qualifying because then it's just the time that's on the board goes. But yeah, it uh, could throw an interesting wrench or it could be a big downer, but let's just hope for the best. Yeah, as long as nothing gets flooded or canceled, I'm okay. If we can get a, like a wet quality and a wet sprint and then a dry race, I'll be a happy man. I'll be a very happy man. Yeah, okay. I'm good with I. I uh, I'm on the same wavelength as you. So I guess we usually do our podium predictions. Um, we can do that. Yes. But I think I also want to get yeah. maybe like a, a positive and a negative from this weekend. Like, because um, we, we kind of know what, like, it's kind of a ins- insincere to say anything other than Max Verstappen is going to win. Like, as much as we, I can hope for Lewis to win or even Alonso to yeah. win, like, Realistically, like Max is probably going to win. So, um, who do you think is maybe going to have a, a surprisingly good weekend or a surprisingly bad weekend or maybe a team? Like, what are you kind of like, looking to happen this weekend? Man, it would be really funny for Alpine to have a really bad weekend right after this announcement. I think that would just be really, really funny. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I mean, I, I feel like I say this every single week, but Fernando Alonso, you know. At this point, Max, that's a given, but then you've got Fernando and Lewis. Those are the two guys. I mean, there's the three three drivers that have scored points every single race so far this season, and it's those three guys. I, I, I'm, Yeah, it, it's just it's so fun watching the three of them. I, I'm trying to appreciate it because even though they're, they both talk about wanting to stay in F1 forever, you know, these, these names and these legends – they're not going to be racing forever. You know, new legends will come, whatever, but just really trying to enjoy having these guys still racing around, especially since we do not have Sebastian Vettel this season. That was that was the other thing, seeing uh, Gasly accidentally tap Seb off the track and him getting annoyed. He's like, what is with these people? I was just like, oh, man, I really wish 
Stroll wasn't in that car and we had Fernando and Seb, that would be the coolest thing ever. But, you know, that being said, just, you know, definitely going to have my eye on those two guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm interested to see, uh, of course, yeah, the battle between Lewis and Fernando and if yes. they have made any strides at all to close the gap. Um, they, as you said last year, maybe this wasn't the best track for Red Bull, so we'll see how that stacks up after uh, coming off another track that wasn't necessarily the best for them and then going to, I could be wrong because I haven't looked at the schedule. I, Silverstone's got to be coming up soon. I know that's usually a good track for Mercedes as well, so... We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping for somewhat of a, a closer race. Uh, but, yeah, going to keep keep an eye on Checo. Obviously, that's anything worse than second place is uh, just going to be pretty much a disaster for him. Um, I know McLaren's oh, yeah. bringing an upgrade, but they only have one ready, so it's going to Lando. So it'll be interesting to see if they can continue their should. progress. Um, maybe, yeah, see if Lance Stroll can get things on track. But yeah, my, my interest is always going to be with Lewis and seeing kind of how high up he can go. Uh, hoping that they can con- continue their, their progress, their march towards Rebel, but yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to get too amped up for that. But I mean, again, I'm going to say it every week till it happens, but at some point Max is going to make a mistake or someone's going to bump Max off, off track. It happens to be Alonzo when they both go off track and Lewis happens to pull ahead. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, in terms of a negative... I think, uh, again, you don't really know if it's going to be a negative, but we'll see how the pressure is getting to DeVries now that it's actually kind of vocalized um, that he's on the hot seat. And, yeah, that's uh, just – there's a lot of storylines. It's like even though it's uh, so many people on the outside just, oh, Rebels dominating, it's three years boring. I don't think it really is. I think there's so much going on and so much, like, build-up for what's to come in the future. So, I mean, Mercedes and Rebel are already kind of squabbling in the, a little bit in the – media this week like Lewis said something about uh, restrictions or regulations on uh, new developments something I, I didn't see the quote but Max said like oh I didn't see you complaining when you were winning like that's just the way that's life life's not there and then uh, Horner said something along lines of like uh, that he doesn't see their his rivalry stopping with with Toto like it's like that's just like sports like we don't believe in sure in uh, you know being friends with your competitor which yeah I, I completely agree with that but just seeing those two like it was nothing huge but just seeing those kind of bubbling Mercedes rebel rivalry kind of nice to see again gets the blood going so yeah lots to, lots to look out for I love it and I'll say I fully agree with the you can't be friends with your rivals or your enemies or however you want to put it because I mean there's there you I'm the type of person where I feel bad when I like in this is going to be the most dorky example but in Mario Party when you <laughs> when I steal a star from one of my friends I feel horrible about it and sometimes I don't even do it because I don't want to make them mad but I should just snatch that thing at any point that I'm able to because I should be I should want to win at all times that's how sports should be thankfully that's how the sport is so yeah. Yeah. uh I I do I love Ah, my God, that's the like the first memory I've have of Drive to Survive is Toto and Christian just going <laughs> at it. It's yeah. it's my favorite, and I love it. We got a real good like taste of that this past season in Drive to Survive, so oh, yeah. it was just such a treat. Change your fucking car. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> yes. It's good. Was it? Oh yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to Yuki Sonoda because he kind of broke Max's win streak. They did a uh, like a motor 
what's called like a monster truck race type thing mm-hmm. and yuki beat max so that was nice actually there was nice. a, a couple like battle and i think danny rick and maybe Checo. i don't know a couple rebel guys were doing like a drive a rebel thing around the nurburgring in germany and mm-hmm. uh, max wanted to go because it's such a legendary track but helmet marco said that they didn't let him go because he knew that max would just want to know what the lap like the track record was and he would just as much as they would tell him to like all right drive safe he would just try and break the records <laughs> he's like we can't risk that right now which you know what? that's so funny I, I, it is funny and i kind of i see their point <laughs> yeah yeah. No, for sure, because you know he would. He yeah. potentially put it in the wall. That's hilarious. Dan, that, that reminds me, when we first started uh, this season, uh, when they did the reveal, Christian said that Daniel was going to be in Tennessee with the Red Bull car. I've Googled that three or four times over this season and have seen nothing. There's no announcements, no date, no nothing. I need it to know. Be, it must be around the time that they're going to be in Texas. But I hope so. That's... Because I will go. That's kind of I have to. October, maybe? Yeah. Not only, well, I will go. I have to. <laughs> you do have to. You got to get in there. I got to, I got to, I got to, I have to start F1 photography. I've got to take a photo of an F1 car. Yeah. So I can actually say I've done it. So I can start that dream. <laughs> yeah. Get on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, there, if there's one thing you could hope for this week, weekend, what would it be? Oh, man. Some some good luck to Leclerc. My okay. goodness, he needs yeah. it. That'd be nice. For me, obviously, Lewis getting a win. But, uh, yeah, that someone, someone nice. other than Max and Checo. Let's break the Red Bull streak at the Red Bull ring. Stick it right to them. And uh, oh. I'm also looking forward to you doing I'm a Little Teapot next week. Oh, God, you're going to have to remind me about that. <laughs> I will. I certainly will. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so oh, I, think, God. I think that's about it. Nice little yes. Good stuff. Yes, lots lots of stuff we covered. Feel like we condensed it down. Feel like we're just getting better and better every week. Is there uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, nope. Go Lewis. That's about it. Go Lewis and go Fernando. But if I had to pick, I, I, I would I would be okay with Lewis winning. I'd be okay with that. So we'll see what happens. Make sure you come back next week when you see me do. I'm a little teapot and then <laughs> we'll recap the Austrian GP and talk about how Max didn't win through this crazy string of circumstances. So please rate uh, the podcast five stars, uh, like subscribe on our YouTube, whatever it is you want to do. Follow us, uh, just support the show in any way. We will greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week.